0: Good day to you, Theo102 students. Good day! <laughs> Welcome to the Need to Know More podcast. Good day. We are talking about
1: piety today. That's a very pious topic. And in fact, the lecture did such a good job talking about um, piety that really we need to move into the Wesley's. Wesley's yes. or Wesley's? Do you say Wesley or Wesley? Do you hear the difference? Do you know what the difference I, is there?
0: <laughs> yes, I say Wesleyanism. I
1: believe it's a Pacific Northwest dialectical thing that I've noticed in a lot of native Oregonians where when there's an S in the middle of the word, it will take on a Z tone. Really? Like Joseph instead of Joseph or Wesley instead of Wesley.
0: you know what? I have a I have a theory on that actually. Oh, you do. I think that there's a rural urban divide on that. Mm-hmm. And I was raised in a rural town but it was close to Portland. Oh. Fascinating. And so I do think I I think that but some of my relatives are from the more rural areas mm-hmm. and so they say the Wesley kind of thing. That's this is, a really this interesting. is
1: now a linguistic anthropology class. <laughs> Welcome to linguistic anthropology. Welcome, 102 students. Neither um, of us
0: have expertise. Neither in this of area, us know what we're talking going about. To weigh in on that
1: life. has never stopped us. Um, <laughs>
0: I could be wrong. Here's
1: what I think is exciting about this Wesley thing. And just this period, really the 1700s yes. are the Wesley's. Is that right? Oh, yes. historian. Mm-hmm, but really, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about some things that even happened into the 1800s too. Yes. And it's this, and this is my question for you to open this up um, this week. This war, like, okay, let me just back up and say students, if you have go to a church, or if you have gone to a church where it's like the church might look like a church or it might not from the outside, you mm-hmm. go in. There's mm-hmm. like little padded, like dark green and maroon chairs, and you <laughs> sit there. And like, um, there's someone greets you, and it's all very warm. Mm-hmm. And like, there's someone who mm-hmm. plays guitar in the front, and mm-hmm. then there's a sermon, like a really good sermon that's preached. Right. And then there are like Bible studies and small groups, and there's like a lot of attention to the Bible and so on, mm-hmm. like that. Whatever, what whatever that is, and in some ways, like structurally or performatively, that's that's similar to what a lot of people might call evangelicalism, although that's that's a com- complicated term, which right, we'll talk about. Right. But the thing that became evangelicalism, it seems to me, true or false, care to comment, <laughs> seems, to have its, seems to have its roots, though, in this time period and in some of these practices. These are going to be very recognizable things that start to come up now. Is that, yes. is that
0: true? Yeah, 1,000% agree on that. That is true. Yes. In fact, students found out from the lecture um, from Dr. Edwards that a lot of practices that we use Now, commonly Mm -hmm. in churches, especially in the States, um, like small groups and Bible studies, Mm -hmm. those come to us from the pietists. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of the ways that we do church now Mm -hmm. um, come to us from these two really important brothers, John and Charles Wesley, Mm -hmm. Um, their ways of doing things and the movement that they were a part of and that they um, founded Mm -hmm. called Methodism.
1: Why, did, why was it called Methodism? Is it because they had a method?
0: Oh, that's a great, uh, yes. Uh, basically, the short of it is, yes. So the the kind of, um, so John and Charles Wesley were Anglicans um, and they um, were two, two brothers raised by a really strong woman, a woman named Susanna Wesley, mm. um, who basically um, both John and Charles um, were were unsatisfied with the kind of Christianity that they saw practiced Mm -hmm. around them. Mm -hmm. And John, um, found or created a form of, um, method or a form of doing church in the church of england mm-hmm. that was like an extra rigorous form of doing church
1: like extra like church plus
0: church plus yeah got it, by the way
1: i found it i found a, a portrait of john wesley it's so meme worthy i want to turn it around and just show it to you like, look <laughs> that
0: is it. totally me you there's to, a meme account student whoever student whoever you are that runs the meme account that you meme about theo
1: do a john wesley meme
0: yeah yeah we want to know about that but he created um he was he was really fascinated John was really fascinated with this idea of that we are called to be holy, like God is holy. And so he actually created something that is a little on the nose called the holy club.
1: Um, that's on the nose.
0: (laughs) Yeah. A club when he was in college. Um, so students, those of you who are creating like get togethers and, and stuff, I, I dare you to create a holy club.
1: (laughs) Why not? Okay. Can can I just back up though? I I just want to ask this. I mean, it could even be just like your own perspective or just like your historian's perspective on the spirit of the day. Mm hmm. Why is it like, what is it about? And this is actually isn't even the spirit of the day. This is true today too. What is it about? Okay. What if I just said, look, this idea of like church plus or having Mm -hmm. a holy club. It's like, look, you go to church, you do the faith. It's hard enough. Why does it have to always be extra, extra and like no one's ever doing enough. So you have to like go above and beyond to have like a special (laughs) extra. Like why are people always doing this extra thing?
0: Well, I'll tell you why I think that John and Charles were drawn to this kind of approach. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we can see if the, there are some parallels to our own time. Mm-hmm. So John Wesley was dismayed by what he thought that of as the church's lack of an ability to respond to the crisis of the day. Mm-hmm. In England, um, at that point in time, this is um, John and Charles were Englishmen. Um, At that point in time, the culture around them was rapidly industrializing. So we kind of have talked a little bit about this, but in the 18th century, in the 1700s, Mm -hmm. um, England was transitioning from a primarily agricultural community to an industrial community. The reason why I bring that up is because the way that people lived changed a lot during that Mm -hmm. time. And John thought that, the church was not responding in a way that was like up for the task at, at, at hand. And one of the big concerns, um, John and Charles were interested in holiness, but that holiness was not just like personal. So the pietist that we talked about, that kind of personal, warm sense of feeling mm-hmm. with Jesus, that was important to John Wesley. He was influenced by the Pietists, but he was also interested in something that he talked about Um, called social holiness. So he felt Mm. like society was in need of the work of the church and the church was not up to the task. So a lot of people who were coming in from um, the countryside to start working in factories, so they'd been Mm -hmm. farmers, they started working in Mm -hmm. factories, they were um, imbibing or like consuming a lot of... um, things that were bad for them basically john mm-hmm. and charles felt like so especially um hard liquor so yeah. john and charles observed john observed that the poor um, were able to because of technological advances they were able to have access to distilled liquor mm-hmm. and basically they uh, a lot of the men in particular were drinking away their earnings oh. and not taking care of their families and so you have all these people who are moving to cities not able um, mm-hmm. to provide for their families and in fact. Um, becoming alcoholics, maybe dying, um, beating their children. Like a, a lot of social problems were caused mm-hmm. um, by this transition from agricultural to industrial. Mm-hmm. And long story short, um, John uh, felt that the church was called to make a change, like to yeah. to respond differently. And so I think like the extra, extra holiness was in um, the Wesley's perspective the only response to like the crisis of their age. So I guess my question would be for you, um, for us, like, is there a crisis where we think like we need an extra, extra, extra response?
1: Yeah, well, and I'm sure people would come up with all kinds of things, but what I hear in this story that you're telling is the emergence maybe in a new way or maybe in a renewed way. I'm sure this was always a part of Christianity of like a justice kind of theme or a social justice theme. Where, you, you know, it's, I mean, isn't this the idea behind it is like our society has problems and we need to remake it in the image of, of of God, like to bring God's kingdom to earth. So you could see how you could you could marry that to all kinds of causes. We've we've done debates about this before in the pop culture smackdown about mm-hmm. whether or not, you know, the church really needs to change society or, you know, and the kind of, uh, you know, the pitfalls of that and also the promise and, you know, the Lord's prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So if you really believe that you would do what the Wesleys were doing.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, I think that there was a personal element to it too. Like, um, the Holy club, Wesley's Holy club was about like devoting yourself to Mm -hmm. God and to relationship with God and other people. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't just like, um, just interested in the social aspect, but the social aspect was a part of it. And so he created these like really intense, um, societies that, um, there was, there was room for everyone to get on board. So if you were somebody who was like raised in the church, like pastor's kid of pastor's kids, Mm -hmm. you could, you could find a place, Mm -hmm. um, to grow and to learn, um, how to be more devout and devoted to God. Um, or if you were somebody who was like, Basically, uh, an alcoholic who needed to be, um, who knew that they wanted to get clean, mm-hmm. but they didn't know how, and they they weren't familiar with the ways of the church. There was a place right. for you in right. this. So he developed this really complex system of um, basically promoting Christian um, discipleship, and it was very methodical. Mm-hmm. Hence the term
1: <laughs> methodism. He, they had a method.
0: He had a method.
1: There's a theme in Protestantism or really just in all of the church with any of the people who did reforms or changes. And I want to ask you about this theme because this theme is like something that it seems like is just a natural part of what it means to be a Christian, but the theme is intention with other things. The theme is church sucks. Like the theme is like church sucks, we have to fix it.
0: Right, Uh that's
1: a that's a deeply Christian theme. Church sucks. Like we have to fix the church. It needs to be better, right? I mean, that's just putting it bluntly for a joke effect. But like the theme is church sucks. But the problem is also like the church is God's body on earth. It can't suck. You are not meant to criticize it. It criticizes you. You're the problem, not the church. So like you've got those two things going on at the same time. Like how did people negotiate? Like how were the Wesley's trying to negotiate that? And like I don't know, just that's a great any comment in any direction on on that contradiction or tension.
0: Yeah, well, I think like the technical term that often gets used in in my circles in in historical circles is the kind of religion that John Wesley was promoting was called revivalism mm-hmm. which basically means that there's some part of the church that's dead that yeah. needs to be revived. Right. So that's kind of like that fits in like the church sucks. But there's Let's a constant
1: feeling like some part of the church is always dead in this extra church plus kind of model and it needs needs to be fixed like well, it's all the time.
0: I want to throw that question back at you and say isn't that also a motif in the scriptures like especially oh, totally. in in the Old Testament like Yes, like yes,
1: the theme things, is Israel suck. the theme is Israel sucks. <laughs>
0: And then they need to be. Yeah, they need to
1: like, no, that's exactly right. That's what a great, what a great way to put that. I mean, the Old Testament authors and the Old Testament books in particular are like just relentlessly critical of Israel, which is why I think it's weird sometimes when people read the Bible and they say, oh, this is all about like, oh, God's favorite, oh, favorite Israel's God's favorite. And it's like, yes, there's a chosenness theme. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also this relentlessly critical theme. And the you know the Wesleys were were readers of Scripture for sure, if nothing else. Yeah, um, so yeah. You're going to see you know, I think that's just that's just part of our spiritual lineage. It's a it's a relentless self. And, and Israel worked in cycles. You can see this in the Book of Judges. You see this in uh, you know like the books of Samuel and Kings. There's like a period of righteousness. You know, it's almost like that saying like you know um, you get like you know great leaders create you know easy conditions in society, and then easy conditions create people who misbehave and then people who misbehave (laughs) create a bad world. And then people who are good come up and save the bad world. Like you see that pattern going on over and over and over again. And you know, it sounds like the Wesleys came up and like took their part in that pattern in church history.
0: Yeah. I think that that's true. And they, Wesley, um, Wesley is in, in theological circles. He's not really remembered as being like a theological heavy hitter, although Wesleyan scholars you know disagree with that um so like a lot of times people say well we won't put him up there with um john calvin or erasmus or mm-hmm. any of like the big theologians um but a, a lot of people argue that his major contribution is like a, a response like creating um a response to the modern world, like Mm -hmm. a a behavioral response. Like we have this world that we live in. It's really different than it was before. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to be holy. So like, like the people of Israel are always running up against this thing. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I read one of the major, um, like, kind of themes in those writings is like, we are idol, idolatrous, right? Like, yes, we're supposed to be worshiping God. We're not worshiping God. Worshiping something else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Israel sucks. The, you know, the church sucks. It's that theme. And it's like, but we did it. It's not like it inherently is bad. It's like, it's actually great and we yeah. need to make it better. And that's the problem. What are, uh, yeah. So, okay. I, I've got like three questions in my mind at once. Okay. Here. I don't even know which okay. one to ask. Okay. Oh, I'm two, excited. Two, are, two are serious. One is frivolous. <laughs> Do you, which, do you want to hear a serious one first or the frivolous one?
0: Well, yeah, because let's do serious first and then frivolous then. will be like okay. dessert. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah.
1: So, okay, what did I want to ask? Oh, 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 Mark Knoll in the chapter for this Yes. Week, he said that, he talked about the Wesleys making what he called, quote, an adjustment to Protestantism. Yes. I thought that phrase was a really fun phrase. <laughs> We've got Protestantism up and running, students. We know what this is, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know about Martin Luther now, you know about uh, Calvin and Zwingli and like this whole thing and they're doing their thing. And we know about, you know, the hard, you know, the kind of political fractures that, that began to create, what would it mean for the Wesley's to make an adjustment to Protestantism? Exactly.
0: Well, I think the major adjustment, um, to Protestantism that I think still from my perspective still holds water today and that students, um, still find to be really helpful Mm -hmm. is, the Wesleyan idea of Christian discernment that um, mm. is known as the Wesleyan Quadrilateral. Ooh, say more. Yeah. So, um, students, I find this to be a very handy method of discernment and a really necessary intervention in Protestantism because um, one of the big problems with Protestantism, if you haven't already intuited this, is if you're, um, it's basically the issue of authority. So like, Mm -hmm. how do you make a good decision Mm -hmm. as a Christian Mm -hmm. if you don't have what the benefit of being in the Roman Catholic Church is? It's basically, in addition to being a form of worship, it has like this long history of what I'm just going to use, like legal precedent, right? right? So like, how do you make a decision? Well, you know, there's like a big mechanism for that. There's a long history of church tradition. So um, Wesley... And Methodists still to this day have this um, mechanism for Christian discernment called the Quadrilateral, and it basically says like how you make a decision as a Christian, how you discern what is right or wrong, or how you figure out like how you should act as a Christian.
1: Kind of an important question. Yeah, how should a, I act as a Christian? Every Christian
0: in every era has that's, to that's answer. That's the question this. of every
1: minute of every day.
0: Right, and so Wesley has this four pronged approach. The first is you use scripture and- Boom,
1: the Bible. Yeah, the
0: Bible, right? Um, which is, a, of course, we would expect that from a Protestant. And also you access church tradition. So you don't just read the Bible by yourself or in a vacuum. You yeah. read the Bible with the voices of the past with you, which well, is something I think we try and do in this course. Oh, totally. Right?
1: What if someone just stopped you right here and they were like, yeah, the Bible, you just stop right there. It's just the Bible. <laughs> like right. why, like, like- I have reasons why I think that that's, it sounds right, but it's naive. But I wonder what you think. Like what if someone said, no, no, no. Why isn't it just the Bible? Like don't go to tradition.
0: Yes. Well, I I'm, I mean, in a nutshell, and I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that is a, a true statement. No one just uses the Bible. They're Uh, always using the Bible as it's been given to them in in some sort of traditional way. So even if you grew up in a church where it's just like Bible only, then I would just challenge you students to go and look and see where your pastor learned how to be a pastor. So they uh, they went to a particular school that taught them a particular thing. Um, And if they didn't go to school, they were raised in a particular church that has a longer tradition. What's your take on that?
1: Two stories are my take. (laughs) (laughs) One story from years ago, one from literally yesterday.
0: Yesterday, wow.
1: Years ago, I went and saw with a friend the Noah movie starring Russell Crowe. Oh, I remember one? that one. Yep. Widely panned, not really loved. I liked it, but you know, we could talk about that later. Um, but at the end of the movie, there weren't very many people in this theater. This was in Sherwood. Um, my friend and I got up and they started rolling the credits and this woman in the back shouts out. Well, she didn't really shout, but she said it like long, loud enough clearly that she meant for other people to oh, hear no. her. Oh no, oh no. She said, why don't they just stick to the Bible and get it right? Oh, burn. burn. But here's what I was thinking. And I was like, I was like, wait, what do you want them to do? Just scroll the words of the Bible on the screen? <laughs> like it'd be like a short movie. Too. It'd be a very short movie. It's not yeah, a long it's, story. It's not, it's not a long story. It's a dark story. It's a hard story, but it's yeah. not that long. Like, yeah. Anytime you put it on the screen, you know, and granted, you could take more or less liberties, but it's going to unless you're just talking about just the words of the Bible, uh-huh. you are using something else. That's story yes, number one. Story number yes. two. I heard someone recently, just yesterday, in fact, a person I didn't know, but I was eavesdropping. It was, oh, fun. Wasn't, wasn't Those my are fault. the
0: funnest conversations. It, it was
1: unintentional, though. I would never intentionally eavesdrop, <laughs> wink, wink, <laughs> 50 wings. Um, and someone was like, they were talking about their church experience. It's just what you want to hear, right? People complaining about oh, church yes, in a coffee yes. shop. And they're like, I just wish this church and this pastor, I just wish they would stick to the Bible. And it was like,
0: yes, that's you a know, common.
1: You know, a lot of pastors, you know, they're they're working really hard. That's that's what they're doing. <laughs> uh, but it's like, what does she want them to do? Just read the Get Bible up there and out read loud, the Bible. yeah. Right? It's a matter of degree. But it's like, I, this is just to support your point, which is like. Yeah. It's always something more. That's the whole point of preaching is explaining scripture. But the problem is, and why the Bible alone just can't be the thing. And there are still two more parts of the quadrilateral to come here, by the way. <laughs> oh, I just want to stop. You got to read it with company. You got to yeah, read it with
0: company. You have to
1: read it with company. We're part yeah. of a group, but also I don't know if y'all have noticed this out there, but like, you know, people have different interpretations of things. Exactly. Like the same things, or you could just, I mean, you could just pull the Bible out. I'm going to do this right now. I got to buy a Bible. Yeah. I'm taking, I'm do it do, Bible. it. do it. Right here Hey. Hey Leah, Leah, right now, right now you, and he had answered, you shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat from it. That's what the Lord says to you right now. (laughs) It's like, well, no, but like, what do you mean? Like there's a context to which, you know, there's like, what are you doing? What should you eat? What shouldn't you eat? I think that was from like first Kings or something like, so it's like, no, it's never just that. It's never just the bare words. It's always within the thick, rich Beautiful, hopefully faithful, always trying to be more faithful context of our lives and what, what has happened. Yes. That's tradition.
0: Yeah. So I, I of course I agree with you because first off, the short of it, it's not possible to just read the scripture alone. No, that's I the mean, point.
1: It's, it's actually impossible. It is it's because a, even,
0: a translation is an interpretation it that is. has been given to us by Throwback people. Throwback to the
1: first class period. Yes. Way back yes. in the, you know, who so, knows when.
0: Yeah. So scripture, you can't read it by yourself. Uh, there are some some instances of people trying to do that. It almost never goes well. So tradition, you need to read it with tradition. All right, that's but number then two. Wesley says you also use the the brain that God gave you. It's God a very you, common sense rule. God gave you a brain. Yeah, you use reason. So mm-hmm. the third one is reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that one is um, it seems like you might think it, it might not make intuitive sense to you to put it on there, but I think it's a really important part of that. So mm-hmm. you use the reason that God gave you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you. this is the, the final one, which is a fascinating one. It's experience. Ooh. Um, uh, you, you utilize experience. Experience is um, the experience that you have as a Christian with God mm-hmm. and also our corporate experience together as Christians. Mm-hmm. So um, this one I actually love because it basically gives a big platform for the Holy Spirit to work in your life, like that third person of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're in a in a bind in your life and you want to know like what is the right thing to do, what is God telling me to do? Mm-hmm. I actually think that the Wesleyan quadrilateral holds up. It's a really solid yeah method yeah. of doing Christian discernment. Now, I think one thing that's important and I want to hear your thoughts on it mm-hmm. is like, this would take time.
1: It would be hard. It would, it could be difficult. You might have to spend time in prayer and really working through something like this. If you are going to do it mm-hmm. I, one annotation on the reason, yeah. it's like, I could see some people being like, well, what does that mean? We just give everything over to science or something. No, actually Wesley thought that reason was given by God. It's not just yes. a human it's it's reason is our God given like sense of the spirit to understand What's right and what's real? Yes. So, like, that's super important. A
0: few weeks ago, we talked about, um, cr- like humanism as a Christian right. thing, and right. I think that this is in that line of of thinking, which mm-hmm. is the idea that God gives you reason, and then the Holy Spirit is present and alive in your life through your experiences. Mm-hmm. So, these this is a very like God oriented thing. I want I do want think totally. one point, one um, important point to the Wesleyan Quadrilateral is not. All of these four things are not weighted equally, so oh, okay. th- that's, he that's thought good. Wesley thought that Scripture should be heavily weighted. Mm-hmm. So the the Wesleyan kind of the traditional Wesleyan res- um, way of thinking about that is that if if there's like a a chime like the 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 central part of the chime that makes them all work together. That's the scripture. I know just what that is. Yes. I forget what that's called. Well, because,
1: yeah, because I could see someone just making a cheap critique of this and being like, oh, experience. What are you saying? Like, well, scriptures is this, but my experience tells me otherwise. And so, no, it's not like that. But it's like you can't deny that your experience with God in the here and now is an important part of what it means to have faith. If you don't include experience in something like this, you're basically saying it doesn't even matter that you're alive.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or it, that that gives life to that.
1: Or that God isn't or or it would be or to exclude experience would be a denial that God is working in the world now. Yep. Otherwise our whole faith would just be like locked in the year like, you know, 30 B AD or something and there's no other Wait, I really like this Wesleyan quadrilateral. I think it deserves some careful thought. Oh, students. Okay. I know we've got to get to our text for this week. We do. Lightning round. Yep. What are some Wesleyan, what are some churches today that are really like in that Wesleyan oh, stream of great. things? Like other denominations yep. or types of churches that are like this is West this is essentially Wesleyan?
0: Yes. Well, there's Methodists, lots of different so kinds Methodist. of Methodists. That's a United Methodists, okay. African Methodists, mm-hmm. uh, African Methodist Episcopals. Um, there are um, there are uh, Nazarenes, Mm -hmm. um, holiness churches, Mm -hmm. Wesleyan churches. Mm -hmm. I would argue that if you come from like a Pentecostal or charismatic church, Mm -hmm. you're, you're sort of like the great grandkids Mm -hmm. of the Wesleyans. Mm -hmm. So Methodism really took off in the U.S. So American Christians in particular, yeah, they liked the revivalism. Um, They liked the the holiness stuff. So yeah, um, I would guess that a Pretty good percentage of our students here are from influence some sort of version type church. Yeah, even a lot of non-denominational churches are really indebted to
1: the Wesleyan. Are very Wesleyan. Also, care to comment? Who's the better brother? John or Charles?
0: Oh man, that's a great question. I think it goes to what? How do you think people learn the best? Because I didn't talk about it much, but Charles was a great hymn writer. In fact, students are going to be listening to some Wesleyan hymns this week. Nice. So a lot of like our churches, exactly what you said earlier, like our churches, the kind of music that we use, we're very indebted to Mm. Wesley's. Um, the, the, the other Wesley brother, the other, <laughs> Charles, the forgotten Wesley. Yeah. Yeah. Charles, Charles Wesley. Wesley. I could
1: see a documentary. The, the other brother. brother. Yeah. Charles yeah. Wesley. And then his music starts to come in.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to pray with the Wesleyans today.
1: <laughs> we're going to. Great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Students, I'm excited because you're going to be um, reading the Wesleyan covenant prayer and we're going to read it with you. Um, this week. And it's a prayer that John Wesley adapted. And we're not act- actually sure where the prayer comes from, but it's a prayer that Methodists, most Methodists use every year. Mm-hmm. They hold an annual, a special service called a covenant service. Mm. And basically it's um, a lot of times it's around New Year's Eve mm-hmm. um, and around the new year. Um, Some actually are, I think, in the fall, in September or something like that. But anyway, but it's basically a way for Wesleyans um, to affirm who God is and what God is doing with them. And I think it's a great way for any group of people to pray together Mm -hmm. um, and to remember who they are, a promise uh, to be together with God.
1: Should we trade line for line? Yeah, let's do it. Go for it.
0: I am no longer my own, but yours.
1: Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will.
0: Put me to doing. Put me to suffering.
1: Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you.
0: Exalted for you or brought low for you.
1: Let me be full. Let me be empty.
0: Let me be all things. Let me have nothing.
1: I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things.
0: To your pleasure and disposal.
1: And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
0: You are mine, and I am yours.
1: And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.
0: Amen.
1: So that's one of those prayers, like as I'm praying it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to say that.
0: I know, it's so good, right? <laughs> yeah, Wesley was serious business.
1: Let me be, but actually, it, it hit me right away. The second line, rank me with whom you will. <laughs> Just that phrase right there. I could put that mm-hmm. on a sign and put that in my office because, you know, as adults out in the world of money and power and people, the idea of rank who's, who's who and who's who's got more and who's doing what is like everything. Yep. And the idea yep. that you would pray to God and say, God, I'm so I'm put, I'm throwing in with you so hard that I'm basically saying rank me with whomever you will put me at any rank you want. I don't even care. It's
0: a very risky prayer.
1: I, it's how do you how do you think spiritually about praying a prayer that you just don't mean? Like when I pray that, I'm actually not sure that I mean that because I'm not ready for that.
0: <laughs> you know what <laughs> you I? You know I think?
1: what I mean?
0: Well, I'm a, I'm a I'm very influenced by Methodism myself, mm-hmm. so I'm sort of like even if you don't think you can mean it, it's still good to do because yeah. it's a way of like participating with God, and I I believe that God changes you through these
1: things. Right? What do you think? No, I think. I think a lot of times where I find myself spiritually, if I'm honest about it, which why wouldn't I be? Here we are, is um, it's like I recognize the lack in my life that I I don't quite want something that I know I should want, but I kind of want to want it. And I think in God's economy, wanting to want it is the step Mm -hmm. that you take, you know, because we're, we're twisted, you know, like my desires are twisted. My, my world is unordered. My love is unordered. Um, you know, unless it is ordered toward God to put it in, in the language of Saint Augustine of old. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to pray it and to say, I don't even know if I can mean this, but I want to is the, you know, that's like cracking this door open. And God is, is very capable of opening the door 99% or even 100%, you know, based on your, or my, you know, just like the smallest meager effort, almost like a child, you know, presenting you with a drawing. Like when my daughter's, you know, my youngest daughter makes a drawing for me, it's like, you look at it and it just melts your heart, you know? And it's not because it's a fully achieved drawing of art. It's because of what it is, you know? And I think that to want to want it is, is at least a beginning. If not for God, who knows? Like God can do a lot of things.
0: I agree. I think, um, I think of this old gospel song that just says, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, yeah. And that's the essence of this prayer, and I like it.